Hey everyone, this is Harmon. Today we have a very special episode of Comedy History 101. We dive into the history of the man who in 1919 was considered the godfather or pioneer of modern day stand-up comedy. He kind of bridged the gap between vaudeville comedians and modern-day stand-up comedy as we see it today, but there is a reason why you have never heard of him. I'm just teasing that out right now. Uh, His name is Frankie Faye, and you will learn a hell of a lot about him in this episode. It doesn't turn out pretty. Before we dive into the episode, a few plugs. I have a new book out called Tribe Spotting, Undercover Cultural Stories. You can check that out on Amazon. It's all about my true life exploits undercover, exploring the concept of tribalism in America. Also, August 17th through 25th, I'll be appearing at the Edinburgh Festival in Scotland doing my brand new solo show, Harmon Leon's American Horror Story. It's at 835 at the Banshee Lambreth. And without further ado... Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured the audience. You're stupid. Everybody's stupid. Comedy History 101. I was supposed to sing a sort of a sad doughboy song. <laughs> and there were several people applied for the position, and uh, I won it. I mean, they wanted a sad singer, and after the Warners heard me, they said, well, he's about as sad as you can get him. So, ladies and gentlemen, I was picked. <laughs> now, I uh, was to sing this sad number, and I probably could sing it for you now, but I've forgotten the lyrics. I have a very nice moon song, though, that I could sing for you. You know, they write those moon songs every 20 minutes. I'd like to sneak this one in before they write another. Ah, okay. <laughs> All righty. There we go. <laughs> what, you, what you just heard there was a clip from... A man named Frankie Faye, who is noted as being the first stand-up comedian. And, of course, you've tuned into another episode of Comedy History 101. Where we school you in comedy. I, of course, am Harmon Leon. With me, as always, Scott Kalanico. Scott, how are you? You're either going to say, top of the morning... Or something in a robot voice, <laughs> or or uh, or what? <laughs> Hello, Armin. Yeah. Okay. Nice. 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 So, Scott. Um, I was gonna say top of the morning, but so is that my thing now? Do I say top of the morning? Well, it's like you're get her done in a way. All right. Though, okay. it's, well, I, I don't know. Can top it, of the can morning. It, can someone top else's catchphrase become your catchphrase? Is that uh, get her get her done, Armin? Get her done. What you talking about? What are you talking about? Well, oh, maybe I'll start. Man, how about if I start doing a different? Ca- that'll be my thing. I'll do a different comedian catchphrase every episode. Okay, I got it. Sure, That's sure. Send me thing. an email and tell me how that works for you. <laughs> you'll you'll notice all the when all the, our subscriptions go up. That's how how you ah, can tell. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So Scott, I'm going to start this episode with a little joke. Do okay. you do you like the jokes, Scott? I do, like do you the like jokes. the jokes? I like okay, the comedy um, and the jokes. All right, uh, ready for the joke to kick off yep. the episode on Frankie Faye? Yes. <laughs> okay, which Hollywood actor has the biggest prick? I don't know, Harmon. Tell me. Ready for the punchline? Yes. Barbara Stanwyck. Oh, man, that's Bar- like 1938. Barbara. 
Stanwick. <laughs> All right, Scott, do you want to uh, maybe deconstruct that joke a little bit? <laughs> yeah, well, okay, here's the thing, Harmon. So the deal is that Frankie Faye, the subject of our racist comedy special today, was... 1891 to 1961. Right, was married. Uh, he was the first husband of Barbara Stanwyck. And Born to vaudevillian parents. Yes, and so he was... Uh, he's also helped her kind of get her start into the movies. So um, that was the running joke in Hollywood because he was kind of a racist, um, kind of an anti-Semite, and also a wife beater. So. Yeah, and just <laughs> and, and in those statements, just take out the phrase "kind of." Yeah, yeah, he and was, then supplement yeah. it with the word "was." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so again, and and oh, just and then I'll, I'll, I, there's an interesting tidbit about uh, Barbara Stanwyck. Uh, again, the, Frankie Faye was his her first husband. Frankie Faye is noted as being the first modern stand-up comedian back in the vaudeville days. He was the one who first came out. And just started talking to the audience. Uh, before then, in vaudeville, you would either have like your Charlie Chaplin types uh, doing kind of physical comedy, you know, seltzer bottles and pies in the face. Uh, also, slipping on a banana peel, which was yes, invented exactly. in vaudeville. And if you want to hear more of that, you can check out our past episode on the history of slipping on a banana peel. Uh, subscribe today on iTunes. Um, so you would either have that in vaudeville or you would have your like Abbott and Costello uh, double act, you know, straight man, funny guy. And, and Scott, if you want to hear more about uh, that sort of dynamic, where, where would people go? I guess they could go. No, not that I guess. I'll take out the I guess, and I will tell people to go to our website, ComedyHistory101.com, where you can read more about the history of the straight man, as well as finding this on iTunes, Google, Google Play, Last.fm, or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Yes, but uh, to go back from our digression, Frankie Faye was the first comedian on the vaudeville circuit, and, and this was like considered doing the edgy comedy of the day. He was the first edgy comedy comedian who would actually come out as himself and just kind of talk directly to the audience and tell stories. Yeah, I, th- I think one of the other, like, like one of the reasons, like, um, I think earlier when he was doing it with a, with a double act, like, I think he was the straight man to a guy who would, would skate around him on roller skates. Oh yeah, and, and, yeah. And so he, he would do the straight lines, and then the roller skating guy would get all the punchlines. The wacky roller skating guy. Yeah. So again, there's a few reasons why, you know, we haven't heard of Frankie Faye up until recently. And uh, spoiler alert, Scott, we kind of do a podcast on the history of comedy. Right. Um, there's a few reasons why Frankie Faye kind of uh, existed went off to exist in obscurity uh you know he is the pioneer of stand-up comedy uh people like jack benny uh bob hope milton burl they all say they they were heavily influenced by frankie Faye. and you know again at his height uh, in vaudeville he was a headliner and he was earning you know around eighteen thousand dollars in you know 1920 money yeah, which just, is uh, which is crazy yeah. yeah so scott the reason why he kind of is existed in obscurity in 2019 uh do you want to say it together on three 
Okay. One, two, three. He was, he was racist. racist. Hey, all right. Hey, yay. <laughs> yeah, so um, not only was he the pioneer, you know, and I guess they would say the grandfather of modern day stand up comedy, but he was also just a very horrible human being and we will get later on in this episode to uh where that kind of led him to but i I think the thing is from what i the stuff that i read and stuff he wasn't like i mean we're not talking like um andrew dice clay levels of of uh like things you know I won't say the word hanging from a flagpole outside Brooklyn here, but he wasn't like, like his stage act from what I've read was pretty, you know, it was his, his yeah. just stage act. He was just known for being off stage, just being kind of a horrible person. Right. So example of that, uh, Louis CK. <laughs> no, actually Louis, Louis CK's all the, all the, the tattletale clues of Louis CK were already in his standup <laughs> where, uh, his off stage antics, uh, in air quotes, uh, right. We're kind of already laid out. The map of that was already in his uh, standup. Yeah, you know, he was just he would he would do jokes like um, I think he would sing like kind of like uh, deconstruct songs. Like he would sing like a few bars of like T for two, and he's like T for two, blah 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, you know? that was his, that, that was a big closer. But it was apparently that was like that was so big until the 1950s. People knew about that that. Which is like, you know, people still kind of do that stuff today. I've heard comedians do that, yeah. Yeah, so um, before we get into, like, how hated he was, uh, here's here's just, like, a few, uh, um, you know, uh, praises of Frankie Faye. Jack Benny stated that he modeled his early stage character on on Frankie Faye. Um, James Cagney, what, what do you know of James Cagney? Isn't he, like... You dirty rat! You yeah, that's you killed was, my brother. Uh, is that or is that Edgar uh, yeah. G. Robinson or is that James? Yeah, Cagney? he was part of the um, uh, the the they call him the Irish Mafia back in Hollywood. Yeah, so he said, of all the great vaudevillians, I admired Frank the most. Uh, Bob Hope was impressed and patterned himself after Faye. He said, Frankie Faye was something else. I saw them all. Faye used to take the command of the stage. He was just a sensational man that could do more with nothing, with attitude, than any man ever saw on stage. Um, George Burns. What do you know of George Burns? Um, Gracie, George and Gracie. Um, he always said goodnight. Say goodnight, Gracie. Yeah, he so an, he's... Oh, God. Oh, God. Yep, and so what George Burns said of Frankie Faye, and this is more about his stage presence, that Frankie Faye had the best hands in show business, uh, meaning when he was delivering stand-up comedy, uh, he just kind of physically uh, could maneuver his hands, where, say, Jack Benny would actually hold something in his hand because he didn't I know, know what to I, do I read that. I, I never really, I'd never, like, understood that before, but, like, you know what Jack Benny was holding was a, a pool cue. Like, always? Yeah, that's that's why he's because like, he didn't know what to do with his hands. So that's he would he would hold that in his hands, so he would uh, appear to uh, be not as nervous or have it look like his hands were doing something. Oh, just a digression on the T for two bit. The the punchline was T for two and two for T ain't that rich. Here's a guy that has enough T for two, so he's going to have T for two. I notice he doesn't say a word about sugar. 
Bring bring it down the 1920s house with that <laughs> closer. 1920s, dude, it was awesome. So how would they how would they laugh at that? They would, I, I imagine men wearing straw hats in the audience slapping yes. their knees <laughs> and bow ties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tw- twirling their bow ties and slapping their knees at a at a joke or like they- that. They might get so excited they take their straw hat off and they punch through the top of it. That happens a lot. In those <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, they would say they would twirl their mustaches and go, Oh, 23 Skadoos. That Frankie <laughs> Faye's the cat's <laughs> meow. He's <laughs> the cat's pajamas. <laughs> so, so, like I said, he was paid, you know, roughly around $18,000 a week in, in, in like around 1918, 1920. Uh, money and he was he was called the king of the palace, which was the flagship theater of, of the, it was the top you know of the vaudevillian chain. So you know essentially he was the star, the comedy star of vaudeville. And not only did he um, you know kind of pioneer the style of stand-up comedy, he also pioneered um, uh, being the MC of a show. He was the first one that did the modern MC come up. Between acts and, you know, if they bomb would, you know, kind of save the energy of the room, you know, much like we see in modern day stand up comedy. Because before then in vaudeville, they would introduce acts with uh, placards. So Frankie Faye was, you know, the first guy that would just come up in ordinary clothes and talk to the audience. And, and again, you know, wildly influence the, the said comedians who I, I just mentioned. Yeah, I think that was part of it. Was the whole thing about him just being in normal clothes that was kind of his big, his big revolution. Which seems kind of weird when you think about it. And the other thing that was that he did that was different was that he would kind of talk about his when he wasn't when he wasn't quoting T for two. He would kind of mm-hmm. talk about his everyday life, like he would, talk, he would mention his uh, his uh, alimony, the, like he had to pay twenty five dollars in alimony, and he would talk about that and things in in, in nineteen eighteen money. Yeah, yeah. So, well, actually, yeah. So, 1918. Money, you want to crunch them? Do you want to oh, do me, a quick crunch of the talking. numbers? Let me, I'll crunch, let me crunch those numbers right now. You keep talking, but yeah. So he would just kind of talk about his real life uh, experiences. Yeah. So in a 1917 issue of Variety, uh, going upon said alimony joke, it it it's, it, it reported that Frankie Faye, he of pallid face and wavy hair was next to be was next to closing and there amused the house fully with his oddly framed routine he made mention of his alimony $25 a week that he still retained possession of the car which the wise ones did not fail to get okay first of all that sounds hill fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, but here's the thing. So here's the, to put this into context, Harmon. I've done crunching yeah. on the comedy history 101. Twenty five dollars in nineteen seventeen. Twenty five dollars in nineteen eighteen is four hundred and fifty eight dollars in two thousand nineteen. So, oh, okay, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So a di- another distinctive style that Frankie uh, Faye had was he had a distinctive swishy style of walking, says an article, that was almost effeminate. And this, in turn, uh, inspired both Bob Hope and Jack Benny. Mm-hmm. Both guys so, know. Okay. All right. So seems all fun and games, uh, you know. So we have Frankie Faye doing his swishy walk, talking about alimony, doing the uh, deconstructing the song T for two. All right. Great story. If it ends there. 
Um, shall we? Shall we take a dark turn on it? Here we go. Here we go. Let's go. Let's take a right turn on, uh, as I would say here in Germany, racism Strasse. <laughs> yeah. So it turns out he was a horrible human being and an alcoholic. So what we're talking about up front about it, he was he was the first husband of Barbara Stanwyck. Um, so this was back when she was a chorus girl in vaudeville. So you know, and he was you know the huge star of vaudeville and the movie a star is born is actually based on their marriage okay now i'll I'll, uh, a little bone to pick i've I've read (laughs) read way too much about this um well this is what we're here for yeah because we are the ones that read too much on it so let's (laughs) let's set the record straight there's actually and only if you're not going to defend racism no, 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 no. You're I'm the just, least, I'm, I'm, like I'm our president, the least racist I'm, person I'm in defending, the world. <laughs> I'm defending A Star is Born. born. Yes. No, actually, because so, so basically, because even like the 19, what was it, 38 version of Star, 32 version of Star is Born, mm-hmm. they're pretty sure that was a kind of a direct ripoff of this other film that came out from the 20s. So they, you know, it's just kind of a ripoff of a ripoff. And while the uh, Stanwyck and... Uh, Faye story parallel star a star is born mm-hmm. uh, pretty closely the uh, the meme the um, the stereotype what's the we'll, we'll go with meme the meme existed before them so right I mean it's well easy you know I think always in. in time there's been you know in show business you know uh, showbiz couples where one excels uh, yeah. more than the other mm-hmm. like one was a star and then the other's career kind of launches. Yeah, but, but you know, being being a bigot, a racist, and an alcoholic's just not a good. It's not a good combination. Like not ah. none of those. Not one of those are good by themselves. Yeah, and, and according together. to the American Vaudeville Museum, even when sober, he was dismissive and unpleasant. He was okay. disliked by most of his contemporaries. <laughs> um, I think one of my uh, favorite quotes here. I think that sums it all up. Was from uh, actor Robert Wagner. Of uh, Austin Powers fame And also heart to heart back in the 80s Uh, His quote was uh, He said that Faye was Quote, one of the most dreadful men In the history of show (laughs) business Faye was a drunk and anti-Semite And a wife beater But the thing is I couldn't figure out Is how Robert Wagner was connected to I don't know if they worked together I, or I, I, I well to... Robert Wagner um he started as a stage actor right. um I don't know how old he is now he's still alive yeah. but um again when uh Faye transitioned out of being a, a vaudevillian comedian he became a Broadway actor and was actually in the first stage version of Harvey you know yeah, he the, was the Jimmy star. Stewart movie um yeah, yeah. With the talking rabbit, um, but because he was so unpleasant and, uh, you know, according to almost every article I read, burnt every bridge in Hollywood, he was turned down for the the film version, which lost out to James Stewart, which went on to win the Academy Award. Yeah. Oh, poor, poor old racist Faye. Yeah. So, um, and again, let's just talk about just how horrible he was, um, Without being racist, um, he was he would make a state like a stagehand. There would be a, like a packed audience and a stagehand uh, would come. I was like, come on, places, Mr. Fade. He's like he'd, he'd be like takes several more minutes to tie his tie. I go, yeah, they can wait. They can wait. 
You know, yeah. you know he was just a he, so he he basically he went sort of mad with power. Yeah. Um, so on one occasion, uh, there was a fellow actor named Bert Wheeling, and in an attempt to humiliate him, he dragged him on stage unprepared and fired off a bunch of unrehearsed lines at him. And so tired of the treatment, Wheeler uh, unnerved by unnerved Faye by remaining silent the whole time until Faye finally cracked and said, what's the matter? Why don't you have anything to say? And Wheeler in turn said, you call these laughs? I can top these titters without saying a word and smacked Faye in the face to howls from the audience. (laughs) There you go. So again, you mentioned what Robert Wagner said. Here's a few more quotes of contemporaries of Faye of the day. Um, Comedian Jack Carter said he was a terrible man. Frankie Faye was vicious. The anti-Semite of the world. A real head of the Nazi group. A real hater, (laughs) which uh, not not too good. And again, uh, this is talking about a man who was... You know the star of the vaudeville circuit. You know at 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 its, at its height. Former vaudevillian and radio star Fred Allen remarked, "The last time I saw him, he is walking down Lover's Lane holding his own hand." Well, that's kind of cute. What was the uh, what's the Milton Borel joke? He could uh, he had enough. He had so few friends they could be counted on the hand of a one armed man. Yeah, in in the yeah, I don't, and insert uh, Milton Berle biggest schlong in Hollywood joke here. Um, right, yeah. So, and the reason why um, Milton Berle in particular had a disdain and hate for uh, Frankie Faye was Milton Berle was Jewish, and one time uh, he was standing in the wings watching his act, and Frankie Faye uh, called out and he said, "Get that little Jew bastard out of the wings." Yeah, that wasn't nice. Not, but not, then, which which is a nice thing to say. Yeah, but uh, then um, Burl had uh, his comeuppance, didn't he? Didn't By what? No, oh, no. Well, wait, wait, what happened? You didn't hear about that. So that happened to uh, Milton Burl a few times, and apparently, uh, Mr. Burl got a little sick of hearing that. So after the show one day, after one of the shows one day, uh, Milton Burl grabbed a piece of stage scenery and waited mm. until Faye came behind stage and smacked him in the face with it, <laughs> and apparently, apparently, uh, gashed his nose. Oh right, okay, yeah. rightfully so. Yeah, yeah. There and you then- go. And then, so one comedy writer of the day, I guess, I think it's Milt Josephberg, said, In a business known for its lack of bigotry, he was a bigot. This was no secret, but widely known and well substantiated. So, so Scott, what are we gathering from all this? Frankie Faye, the first comedian, a bigot and a racist, and yeah. not a nice man. Not a nice man. Not a good combination. No, then, but it, so after vaudeville and after his Broadway, he went off to do a few films. Uh, have, did you check out any clips of his like film appearances? I, I heard not very good. He didn't again didn't really transfer that great into the uh, uh, as they would say in the nineteen twenties the the moving pictures. No, I mean, I saw a couple. He was in one film with Barbara Stanwyck, did one scene together. Uh, interesting enough about his film appearances is that he, um, nowadays, it would not be very woke, and he would, he kind of had a, hmm, I'm trying to figure out the right term to use here. Uh, the way uh-huh. he would walk and act, he seemed a little, um, 
I guess the word they would use would be swishy. Frank Faye? Yes. Do you know anything about those stolen jewels? No. Why, oh, Barbara Stanwyck. May I present Mr. Faye? We know each other. We're married. Why, of course. They, they would say it. So well, that was his trademark again, yeah. right? You know, back in the vaudeville days that, you know, yeah. So actually, you know, that's what actually Jack Benedy said. He, he took that sort of walk from Faye. But uh, yeah. so he would just sort of, uh, yeah, just emulate like a swishy walk. Yeah. So there are a lot of uh, homosexual based jokes at his expense, like in, in a couple of these shorts and things like that. Yeah, so in so again he burnt every bridge in Hollywood, but in 1943 uh, he had a brief screen comeback in a low budget monogram picture where he was teamed with comedian Billy Gerbert for a series of wartime comedies, but walked out after the opening film Spotlight Scandals. That's not a bad number, is it, Frank? There isn't a bad number in the whole court. Leave it to Faye to pick him. And Scott, do you know <laughs> yeah, who he is replaced uh, by? I can see you on the Google I, Doc. So I can you, see it. I'm looking at it right now, um, dude. Okay, okay. He was. My, I mean, he, let me put it. Let me put no, it this way. I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm setting you up to hit the home run. Okay. Scott, he, <laughs> he he was replaced by everyone's least favorite stooge. <laughs> I was about to say my personal least favorite stooge, but yeah, replaced by Shemp Howard or uh, born name Shemp Horvitz. Mm. So you would have to ask yourself, how shitty is your career going <laughs> where you're replaced by Shemp Howard? Shemp Howard, oh, dude. <laughs> And again, I think uh, I think there's a whole episode on Shemp Howard. Uh, uh, definitely, yeah. we will def- we'll definitely have to get into a whole Shemp. <laughs> I do think I, I I do think I would enjoy an afternoon going down a Shemp Howard rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready, dude. I'm ready or, to go down the, the Shemp hole. The other the other uh, episode where that might tie into is the. The fifth banana of comedy groups. So we would have Shemp Howard. We would have Zeppo Marx. Zeppo, yeah. Um, you know, there was another. another, Yeah. There was like the three studios. Like they started out, they had like a straight guy. What was his name? Um, Oh, it was like uh, somebody's uh, stooges. Um, Yeah, it was like, yeah, the Ted Healy. Ted Healy stooges or. Yeah, but that was a cop. But then they acted with a straight guy. Anyway, yeah, that's a, that's another that's um, a whole yeah. other podcast. Yeah, yeah, and just to go to, to complete this the, the this holy trinity of uh, Stooges. Um, when when uh, sorry, Ted Healy. When uh, the Stooges left, Ted Healy, Ted Healy. Just got a bunch of guys that sort of look like the Stooges yeah. and, and put them in a bunch of movies. So that's, again, that was a whole other episode. Well, what's the, the whole, while we to steer it back to the racism thing, weren't you watching the, uh, <laughs> were, you, were you watching that Bowery Boys? Were you watching that Bowery Boys movie? Holy shit! Yeah, it was about um, um, yeah. So there's there's um, there was a famous like sort of uh, daredevil in in New York. His name is let me just get who that was. Um, it was called the Bowery. The movie. Let me just so yeah. We, but this is still on. This is on the subject of comedy and racism. So we're not going off the subject really. Oh, okay. So back in uh, I think it was like the twenties or so, uh, there was a, a a real life daredevil. 
it might have been even earlier than the 20s, named Steve, Steve Brody in New York. And one of his claims to fame was he jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge. And it's, and it's kind of debated whether he actually did it or kind of faked it or not. Mm-hmm. So it was a movie version they put out called The Bowery. Um, all I have to say about the movie version of The Bowery, which could be found on YouTube... Not very woke in 2019. No. no the, <laughs> a little problematic. <laughs> the sea, the movie starts at a local tavern. Let's just oh, say. Oh, don't, don't, yeah. <laughs> no, let's just say with the, the word, the, the name of the tab, tavern is N-Word Joe's. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and that's not like once you've warmed up to the movie, that's, <laughs> that's, the first, that's fade in. Yeah. So again, I heard about like Steve Brody and I heard about this movie on the Bowery Boys podcast. And it's all, oh, I kind of want to check out an old timey movie. You know, it featured old timey comedian Wallace Berry. Well, okay. Maybe. In the script, imagine the script for. <laughs> The Bowery. <laughs> the script would be fade in. <laughs> N-word Joe's. Um, yeah, and again, uh, in the movie, the lead character adopts a kind of a, a street kid known for throwing rocks at, as they say in the movie, I'm not going to say it because someone will... Right. Recorded and posted out of context. Throwing rocks had a not very nice term for uh, Chinese people. Oh, God. Oh, man. So <laughs> Which they blatantly use in the movie. Um, okay. So, again, not very woke in that. But I think this conclu- this helps us on the home stretch yeah. of, of, uh, of the, the, the history of Frankie Faye. And, again, what really kind of burnt all his bridges in Hollywood. Scott, what happened in 1946 at Madison Square Garden? Well, well, well. You see, Harmon, Madison Square Garden (coughs) couldn't just have one Nazi rally. No, no, no. They had to have one Nazi rally before the war, and then they had another one after the war. And the one after the war was held in support of our favorite racist comedian, Frankie Faye. Yeah, so what was the backstory about that? So, again, what I've read was, first, it was something to do with, uh, so he was Irish, so he was Catholic, so I think it was like, and again, it's like sort of how Trump does it, where it's like, no, no, it's not supporting Nazis, we're supporting Catholics. Um, So, do you know, it was something about the actor's equity or something like that? Uh, Do you know a little bit more? Can you just give us some backstory? I mean, just, yeah, from what I've read. So Faye, Faye lodged a complaint with the, the Actors' Equity because there was some communist-sponsored rally where people were talking about the Pope and the Catholic Church. So he, mm-hmm. Faye, filed a complaint with the Actors' Equity, and they decided to censor him, censor Faye. Mm-hmm. And so then all of his friends got together at Madison, at Madison Square Garden and held the so-called Friends of Frank Fay rally, which included uh, people that plays that praise Hitler, Mussolini, and Franco, and not just to uh, remind people this is basically about a year after the war, World War II was over. So you've got a bunch of people in New York City in Madison Square Garden uh, praising the Nazi Party. 
Yeah, so a reporter named Joseph Foster wrote, uh, under the guise of being deeply pained over the Catholic comments about the Catholic Church, these organs of native fascism have been blowing the familiar tunes in all their repulsive cacophony. They said the issue is religion, but they are... No more concerned with the religion than they were the political masters, the cutthroats of Berlin. Consider Frankie Fay himself the main attraction in the current whoop-de-doo. His anti-Semitism is well known and his numerous brawls on that account are common gossip. Um, well, here's the interesting thing about that because I don't know, like, because when we were doing our research for this, we found, I found an article about this and I sent it to you just I didn't really look at it, and then then I started reading it, and <laughs> yeah, I, got, I read the same article. And the guy it was kind of like the guy writing was kind of anti-Semitic himself. Well, it's it's kind of a, a, a white nationalism website, is what I found yeah. out. That's but, what I found out reading like two sentences into it. Yeah, into it, and there's because they mentioned a part where he was just like. Somebody, Frankie Faye, was like, yeah, he couldn't get work anymore because the Jews run Hollywood. And the guy writing the article is like, of course, what else is new? He said something like that. But the interesting part about the article is that it was really well researched. And he, the guy delved into different aspects of this rally. And he kind of traced it back to this writer to some other guy speaking of the history of comedy some other guy mm-hmm. who's seen as the kind of the the pop culture historian who consulted on that uh, CNN history of comedy stories and so this right. guy racist white guy was saying all the super racism about this rally is kind of traced to this guy because the, the racist white guy who wrote the article was saying it wasn't as racist as you think it is. And he according actually, to him, who's according racist. According to him, but he pulled up. <laughs> yeah, but it's he, just vanilla. I but can show done, you racism. He'd, he'd done his research. He'd pulled up a lot of articles, and he said this person didn't talk and this person didn't talk. So it was interesting just to see, even though I do not stand for, for white nationalism or racism, it was interesting to see because you know, you're the least stuff. racist person in the world. Exactly. I'm the, the least <laughs> racist president in the world. But it was interesting to see somebody doing research. And the guy actually wrote that article. I actually had a quote where he said, I hate doing investigative reporting, but you know, you made me do it. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'd gone back and like dug up all that stuff. So that was really – there's a lot more to go into there about that whole rally thing. Because we both thought – when you mentioned it and when I saw it, I uh-huh. got confused it with. I that. thought it was Didn't, the original, like yeah. the Madison Square Garden thing that won the documentary short. Yeah, uh, that's what I that's what I thought it was as well too. But it wasn't. That's what I was saying. There was multiple. There were multiple Nazi rally rallies in Madison Square Garden. Well, I kind of hate to say this about our country. We're not the least racist country in the world. No, no. <laughs> kind of have a long history of that. Got some things to work out. Yeah, so again, this is 1946, and there were speeches delivered in support of Franco, Mussolini, and their fallen hero, Adolf Hitler, and they promised that the defeat of Germany would not go unpunished, and beneath the podium was a banner that saluted the guest of honor, and the banner said, the friends of Frankie Fay. So anyways, this rally backfired on Fay in every possible way. He never worked again. Um, and he was blacklisted from Hollywood in 1961, 
Frankie Faye died in Santa Monica at the age of 69, and he moved into the his as far as comedy history goes, complete obscurity. Yeah, George par- Burns. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Before the yeah, the end, apparently it wasn't very like he kind of he got uh, declared like unfit, you know, um, mentally. So mm-hmm. the end wasn't wasn't very pleasant ending for him. Yeah, and again, like you were talking about um, Andrew Dice Clay, who sort of had a, a you know recently kind of a, a renaissance in his career. Frankie Faye had zero renaissance, and if you look back, uh, you know, two thousand or in nineteen nineteen, the biggest he was the biggest star in vaudeville, the biggest star in vaudeville. Yeah, which would put him, you know, one of the top stars in the world. And he is he is not talked about just because he was just an awful, awful human being. Uh, George Burns, uh, upon his death, said uh, Faye hated Jews, but he was very religious. And then he went on to say some long, meandering story about oh, I, I, the Brown actually, Derby I, with him. I, I didn't get the story the first time I read it, but now I get it. and It kind of makes sense. Well, maybe just paraphrase the story. Uh, uh, ba- basically, he was just saying, yeah, he hated so this is George Burns talking about Frankie Faye, and he was saying, "Yeah, Faye hated Jews, but he was very religious. So what? What to pull kind of a prank on him? George Burns would go meet, would go have lunch with Frankie Faye, and then every time Frankie Faye would start to try to start to eat, uh, George Bur- Bush, George Burns would say, "Oh, somebody died. You know, Tom Fitzpatrick died, and so uh, Frankie Faye would start to say a prayer, and so for George Bur- Burns would keep doing that. He would do that like four or five times and mention somebody who died, so that Frankie Faye would say a prayer and his food would get cold, and then George Burns would leave. Yeah, and <laughs> he was a horrible man." Yeah, I guess. Any other takeaways about Frankie Faye? I mean, it's kind just, of an just, interesting rabbit hole to go down the Frankie Faye. Yeah, it Faye was interesting. Past just, and just like, just, you know, sort of an innovator in comedy, lost to history, and held a Nazi rally. <laughs> that was that, that was it. Um, uh, yeah, it's always interesting to hear about these guys who were like super big at the top of the world and just not there anymore. And then not nice to know, but it's... A little, bit, a little bit of karma at the end to know if if you're not a good person, you know sometimes it doesn't work out. Yeah, or if you held, if you hold a Nazi rally at Madison Square Garden, that's going to be a death wish to your career. <laughs> but I I I, uh, I fit that into not a good person. I would say Nazi that, rallies. Oh, that would be the, the overall that's macro. The not a good person. Yeah, yeah and the that umbrella would be a of not a good person. Of not being a good person holding a <laughs> yes. Nazi rally. And uh, yeah. Exactly. So Just be Frankie Faye, nice. lost to history, pioneer of stand up comedy, but let's just keep him lost to history. Despite Maybe the fact that we're lost to bringing him up for like a half hour. Except for <laughs> historians. Back to history. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Comedy historians like us. Yeah. So I, I guess that does it for our episode on Frankie Faye, the first comedian in history, pioneer of stand-up comedy, who was a horrible racist bigot. And with that... It's time to plug away. Scott, what do you have to plug? Oh, Harmon. Well, as always, speaking of racism, uh, we have another our other sister podcast, This is the President, in which Harmon and I just did an episode on the newest Reagan and Nixon tape. 
uh, racist tape that just got released. So we'll come tune in to us, hear us talk about racism and presidents. Um, you can find us on Google Play, iTunes, Last FM, everywhere you find all your favorite podcasts. And as well, um, Harmon, I produced, a, I wrote, directed a, a short documentary film called Everything You Want to Know About Sudden Birth, But We're Afraid to Ask, that Harmon produced, which is on the festival circuit in the States. I'm not allowed to say where it's going to be playing yet, but it will be playing. You can say where soon. it has played, which I saw in New York. You saw it in New York at the um, Rooftop Films Festival uh, just last weekend. And it went, went pretty did. well. Got a very nice note from those people. So It was, uh, it was uh, I don't know how... Plug your ears if you're listening. Other people that had films in in that festival or in that screening, uh, kind of the only one that got laughs. All right, good. Well, it's always <laughs> nice to get some laughs. But yeah, yeah. So we'll be touring around. You can see more, find more details over at my website, scottcolonico.com, for where we'll be playing next. And that's it for me and Harmon. All right. So I have a new book out called Tribe Spotting. Undercover Culture Stories. You can check it out on Amazon. It's about my true life exploits. Going undercover and exploring the concept of tribalism in America. Also, August 17th through the 25th, I will be at the Edinburgh Festival doing my new solo show, Harmon Leon's American Horror Story at the Banshee um, Labyrinth, roughly around 8.30. So come and say hi. 8.35. And then before that, you'll be in Berlin. I'll be, uh, yes, yes, Scott and I will. Maybe we'll be doing an episode where we record it actually in the same room. I know <laughs> the first time ever. <laughs> That'd be yeah. freaky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thanks a lot for tuning in to another episode of Comedy History One Hundred and One, where we school you in comedy. Until next time, bye bye. Bye bye. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101.